everybody and welcome to episode one of the Quasar News Podcast. My name is Luke Diebold. I'm going to be presenting the news to you today and there is a lot to cover. We're going to be talking about the Quasar framework itself first, then we're going to be talking about app extensions in the Quasar community. We're also going to be talking about education and the latest videos and articles in the Quasar world. And then we're going to wrap up with the latest in view news. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Many of you have probably noticed this already, but Quasar has gone through a rebranding. We've got a fresh new logo now. We've got a tagline, which is Quasar Beyond the Framework wonderful and a lot of the work of um, this or in fact most of the work has been pioneered by Niccolo who is now a designer on the Quasar team so we welcome him to the team he's been on the team for a little while now and has been working on this rebranding and he's also going to be rebranding the entire site based on a survey that was done a few months back and that survey basically asked questions about how people are using Quasar there's a good chance that you actually did that survey too and yeah based on those responses some things are going to be rearranged around the site and we're going to get an awesome new landing page. Now this probably also isn't news to you. However, I thought it was worth mentioning since this is the first Quasar News podcast. Quasar now has View 3 support and it actually has since Q1 this year. It's currently sitting on View 3.2, which to the best of my knowledge is the latest um, uh, this is the latest at this the time of this recording. Now, the cool thing about this is we get to use all the amazing View 3 features. We get to use script setup, which Evan actually recommends you use on um, modern view projects. And we get to use SugarRef as well, which is really, really cool. So we've got that available to us now since we are on View 3. So this is ridiculously exciting. We were actually one of the first frameworks to get to view three and we got there lightning fast thanks to the amazing work by the team and specifically by Razvan himself, the creator of the framework. I know that he put in a ton of effort to make this happen sooner rather than later. Now this next one is particularly exciting. Yusuf, who's on the Quasar team, has given us much, much better support for Vola. Now for those of you that don't know, uh, the new recommended way of using Vue in your IDE is with Vola. It used to be Vitor or Vetter, however you want to say it, but now it is Vola, which gives us a much better TypeScript experience and frankly, just a better experience um, in the dev environment in general. So specifically, we get, um, we get much better typing for Quasar components, which also means amazing auto-completion for components in SFCs, which is your single file components. Uh, so props, events, um, slots, all that kind of stuff is working nicely now. And particularly events and slots are exciting because this is stuff that wasn't even possible in view two, at least to the best of my knowledge. So really excited about this Vola support. And especially if you're a TypeScript user, you'll definitely want to jump on top of Vola when you're using Quasar. Quasar officially has support for Vite. Now this is really, really cool. Currently, when you run a Quasar server using Webpack, it takes about 10 to 20 seconds to start that server up. Now, we recently moved to Webpack 5, which is great because this starts up a whole lot faster. However, when you're using Vite, it's less than one second startup time. 
pretty amazing and you have to kind of do it to believe it and experience it. So to get started, all you have to do is start a new Veet project, bring in the Quasar Veet plugin, and then you're off and ready to go. And then you can also use all the other Veet related plugins and goodness and integrate that nicely with Quasar. So definitely check that out if you want to have a play with Veet and Quasar. Let's talk about app extensions. And for those of you that don't know, app extensions basically allow you to extend Quasar in any way that you like. You can tap into Webpack, you can tap, you can create your own boot files, you can create your own components that use Quasar components. Really, really cool stuff. And there are some amazing, amazing efforts by the community. Some of them even official Quasar app extensions. Quasar's core app extensions, most of them, possibly all of them to the best of my knowledge, are built by Jeff, who's part of the Quasar core team. Most of these have been migrated to Quasar version 2. Many of them are at least in alpha stage and working quite well on Quasar version 2. So the one that most of you probably know about and are excited about is Quasar's Q calendar extension. So I've played around with this. The new docs are absolutely mind-blowing. It's really phenomenal what you can do with this um, with this calendar extension. It really is the most remarkable calendar component on the web. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And that is now working on Quasar version 2, but isn't yet stable. Now also Q Media Player, Q Markdown, a lot of these are actually now working on Quasar version 2. SSR is great. One of the great things about SSR is that it's SEO friendly and it's pretty fast as well. And Quasar's had SSR for at least as long as I can remember. It's wonderful. However, one of the problems with SSR is that it can be difficult to deploy, especially if you want to build an app that is available everywhere in the world. It can be kind of annoying to deploy an SSR app and it actually adds quite a bit of complexity to your application as well because some of the components are coming from the server whereas some of them might be client side and then often you run into like um, problems where some of your code will work client side but it won't work server side. Any of you who've built SSR applications know what I'm talking about. So another paradigm is SSG. Now, the difference is SSG basically allows you to compile everything down, including your data like blog posts, into one file that you then distribute on the web. And the benefit here is that it's very easy to distribute um, all around the world because you don't have to have an individual server whose job is serving up um, Quasar components or serving up pages. You can just do a plain old um, serving up JavaScript, CSS, HTML files. So it is a lot simpler than um, SSR. So for those reasons, people have wanted SSG with Quasar for quite some time now. And it's actually possible with a Quasar app extension, which has been built by Freddy Escobar. And I hope I'm not butchering your name there <laughs> if you're listening to this. But um, yeah, so this is called, it's called Quasar App Extension SSG, and it allows you to build an SSG site with Quasar. So this is absolutely possible. Once again, it's not officially supported in the core, but with this app extension, you can build a working SSG website with Quasar and it's absolutely wonderful. So definitely go and check that out if it's the kind of thing that you're looking into. Now this is particularly useful for something like a news website or a blog website where you wanna get that speed worldwide, but you don't wanna have to deal with all those competitors 
complexities of deploying an SSR application or not just deploying, also building an SSR application. So definitely go ahead and check that out. Quasar App Extension SSG. Evan has recently made some suggestions about testing new view projects, about what he believes is the way to go. And he actually recommends Cypress at the moment. And one of the reasons Cypress is so great right now is because it's introduced a new feature called component testing. Now, component testing with Cypress is a lot faster, and I mean like way faster, and it also means that you can test components in isolation. Now, this is particularly exciting because Quasar's app extension for testing is just around the corner and it's going to support Cypress and, and Jest as well. They're the two most notable ones. But specifically, it's probably going to support Cypress component testing from the get-go. Now, that's really exciting because not only are we going to be able to use Cypress to test our um, Quasar projects like we were able to with Quasar version one, but we're also going to be able to get the benefits of Cypress's component testing. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It's currently in alpha, but might actually be out of alpha by the time this podcast is released. In this next segment, we're going to talk about the latest in education with Quasar, including posts and videos. Stay tuned. Quasarcast.com is a site created by yours truly, where basically I do videos on Quasar stuff, building Quasar projects, also talking about different Quasar-related concepts. So definitely check out quasarcast.com if you're interested in learning through videos. Also, it's worth mentioning that at the top of that page, there is a getting started guide. So if you're new to Quasar, or if you have a friend and you wanna show them what Quasar is, then you can send them to quasarcast.com and at the top of the page there, there's two series, one for people that are kind of new to development, which is a fuller getting started guide, and one that just gets you started quickly with Quasar. So once again, that site is quasarcast.com. A lot of you have likely heard of the YouTube channel Make Apps with Danny. If you haven't, definitely go and check it out. Danny does a lot of videos, not just on building Quasar apps, but he also does videos on things like designing and prototyping apps and how to create successful apps uh, with Quasar. And he also does um, some other like more general view videos as well, which is awesome. So some of his recent stuff is Quasar and View 3, custom icon library. So if you want to know how to build a custom icon library using Quasar, definitely go ahead and check that out. And it's also worth mentioning that Danny actually has a successful app on the App Store that he built with Quasar. So he's definitely somebody worth listening to. He knows his stuff. Once again, that YouTube channel is Make Apps with Danny. If you're a Quasar developer who speaks Portuguese, you're in luck. Patrick Monteiro, and I hope I'm saying that name correctly, uh, is a member of the Quasar community who's actually built um, videos in Portuguese for Quasar, which is awesome. So a couple of series that he's done lately is a video series on inputs or a video on using inputs with Quasar in Portuguese and also a three-part series on publishing a PWA with Quasar to Google Play. Another new addition to the Quasar family is quasar-news.com. Now, that's actually what this podcast that you're listening to is a part of, the Quasar News ecosystem. But there's an accompanying website for those of you that don't know, which is quasar-news.com. And there's also going to be a subscription service where basically you can subscribe and get the latest in the Quasar News in written form if you'd prefer it that way. 
So that once again is quasar-news.com where you'll be able to find articles on things like new app extensions, new view features, and of course, the latest in Quasar. Quasar's got over 72 components. And if you feel overwhelmed by that and you're not the kind of person who really wants to like sort of sift through documentation in order to learn all of these, then you might be interested in quasarcomponents.com. This is a site built by yours truly where basically I'm going to run you through all 72 plus of Quasar's components. Now, just to be clear here, all of these videos are going to be completely free by the end of the year. So it is a paid service at the moment and the reason it's paid is because all of the money is going to go directly to help with the development of Quasar. So it's a paid service, it's going to give you early access to those videos, however by the end of the year they will then all be released freely available to the public. So just wanted to be clear about that and I'm also going to throw in a couple of other series in there to sweeten the deal. So that's quasarcomponents.com. In this last segment, we're going to talk about the latest happenings in the View community, so stay tuned. Unplugin, which was released by the legendary Anthony Fu, basically allows developers to create a unified plugin system, and it's gonna work with Vite, Rollup, Webpack, and more in the future. So what does this mean? It, it basically means that developers can create plugins using Unplugin, so this, um, this library or framework, not sure what you'd want to call it, and that plugin that you create is then going to work with Vite, Rollup, and Webpack. So it's basically creating a unified API for, um, for, for using those different builders. Now, some of the plugins that Anthony Fu has already created are Unplugin icons, which allows you to easily use over 10,000 icons, thanks to Iconify. Unplugin view components, which provides on-demand auto-importing of components, and this works for both view two and view three. So this is particularly useful if you have base components that you want to automatically be imported, so you, have to, so you don't have to add those import statements yourself. Unplugin view two script setup, which is a bit of a mouthful. And this allows you to use the amazing script setup syntax in a Vue 2 project. And we're actually using this at work on a Quasar version one project and it works like a charm. So if you're stuck on Quasar version one and you want that awesome script setup syntax, you can actually be ready and start using it right now using Unplugin view two script setup. And one of my favorites is Unplugin Auto Import, which allows you to automatically import libraries that you use regularly. And this actually comes with a whole bunch of um, presets, like the View preset. Uh, and an example of that is, you know, if you're using um, if you're using the Composition API, you're probably going to be importing Ref, Computed, Unmounted, stuff like that over and over and over again, things like Watch. And basically, Unplugin Auto Import is going to allow you to not have to import those every single time. Um, and I've used this on a new Quasar project and you still get uh, auto completion and all that goodness without having to add that import statement, so it's wonderful. And they've also got presets for things like View Router, Pina, and a whole lot of others too. On the 11th of August, Evan made a GitHub post on an issue saying what the current recommended approach for using Vue is. And by this, I'm talking about the tooling and basically how you use Vue since we've got things like the Options API and the Composition API. So I found this really helpful because it just clears some things up. So there's three things and here's what they are. First, use SFC, which is single file component. So they're your .view files. So use SFC plus script setup 
using the Composition API. So he is recommending now that we use the Composition API over the Options API and specifically using Script Setup. And for those of you that haven't used Script Setup before, definitely check it out. It is a much, much cleaner, simpler, easier way to use the Composition API, which basically um, pulls out the need to do a whole bunch of syntax. So you kind of have to try it to know what I'm talking about there. Now, the second one is use VS Code with Vola. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, I mentioned this before, Vola is basically an alternative to Vitor and it's going to be the way moving forward. So VS Code is the editor of choice using Vola, but he does add in there or WebStorm once it's support for script setup ships, which is soon. And that actually, by the time of this recording of this podcast, might have shipped already. Now, the third thing, and he says, this is not strictly required for TypeScript, but if applicable, use Vite for your building tool. All right, so now we can actually use Vite with Quasar and it looks like that's going to be the way moving forward. And I do know that the Quasar framework probably plans on making some moves towards getting more of the framework over to Vite. So for example, they mentioned that there aren't, there isn't support for SSR yet which tells me that Quasar probably will support SSR in the new future, but I can't make any promises there. So once again, use SFCs with scripts set up in the Composition API, use VS Code with Vola as opposed to Vitor. Not strictly required, but if applicable, use Vite as your building tool. For those of you that don't know, Pina is a state management library for Vue, and it works on both Vue 2 and Vue 3, and it plays really nicely with the Composition API. It's absolutely wonderful, and it was basically created as a testing ground for Vuex 5 features, which is fantastic because it means that it gives us a chance to see what Vuex 5 might look like in the future. It is now stable on version 2, and I just wanted to read this section directly from the release, which is titled what is next so I quote now Pina has been production ready for a couple of months now the only reason it was kept in an RC state was to be able to bring minor breaking changes until the API felt completely right now it's time to focus on keeping it up to date with any improvements we might come up for Vuex 5 the fate of Pina is not clear yet uh, yet but it shall either be absorbed by Vuex or become a superset of it, keeping its API as aligned as possible with Vuex 5. So I thought that was definitely worth mentioning because those of you that want to use Pina probably want to make sure that you're on the right path. And currently, I believe it is the right path because it is so aligned with Vuex 5. And Evan Yu himself actually recommends using Pina in modern Vue apps. Evan and the team has been working really hard on the new docs for Vue. And I am really excited about this and think that you will be as well. Now, this is still heavily a work in progress. And so he doesn't want you to send any PRs until it's actually been released. All right, so here's some of the key highlights here. It now has a dark mode, which I know a lot of you are going to be happy about. The docs now discuss that there is Composition API and Options API available up front and it helps you choose between those two options but it gets even better you can toggle preferences within the docs so there's an api preference in the top left of the docs 
um, that allow you to switch the examples in the documentation between Options API and Composition API, which is amazing. They've got a whole example section in the docs, which basically explains most of the framework through examples, and you can switch them between options and composition. And even just all, you know, all those tiny examples throughout the documentation are now going to work with options or composition API. But he's gone even further than that. It's also he's also made it so that different parts of the documentation are, are written differently depending on whether or not you chose options or composition. So basically, upfront, they're going to help you make that decision between either options API or composition API. Once you've made the decision and selected your preference um, in the options, it's going to remember that preference for every single time you come back to the documentation and give you the docs in that context, which is amazing. Now, you can also toggle between HTML and SFC. So with the HTML example, that's for people that aren't using single file components or maybe they can't. And with those examples, you'll literally be able to just copy that code and paste it directly, um, directly into your code and it will work straight away. So that's awesome. You can switch between SFC and HTML examples as well in the settings. Now, the last cool thing is that the API index can now be searched. So they've kind of revamped um, the API index for when you want to just, you know, look things up and do some exploration. And now you can actually search through the API index, which makes things a whole lot nicer. So that is the new view documentation. Really cool stuff happening there. A good place to finish is to discuss what's happening in the next iteration of Vue. So that's Vue 3.3. And this is going to be mostly SSR focused. Okay, so Evan was actually talking about using async components where you can basically, this is very much inspired by Astro, where you can wait until a component is in Vue before it loads. So this means we can get super, super fast loading times on our Vue applications and then basically wait till the user scrolls down the page before loading those components. Now, this kind of stuff has been possible in the past. However, now it's going to be built in to Vue and it's going to be out there in Vue 3.3. Now, another thing they're going to be doing is finalizing suspense. If you want to understand what suspense is, it's kind of hard to explain in a podcast. It basically just means rather than handling things like the loading of data within a component, that logic can be pushed a little bit further up the tree. But like I said, you're going to have to check out the docs to really understand what suspense is. And that wraps up episode one of the Quasar News Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. This one was a little bit longer than future podcasts will be simply because there was a lot of catching up to do um, just because of the nature of it being episode one. And there is so much happening in the View and Quasar community right now. Once again, thanks for listening. Check out quasar-news.com if you'd like to get your news in a written version and definitely subscribe to the newsletter there. Once again, that's quasar-news.com. Make sure you tune in next time for the latest happenings in the Quasar and View community. And remember, there is nothing you can't build.